Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? I am sitting with Ryan Latham, the president of AWI and AMI, which stands for Aerospace Welding, Inc. and Aerospace Manufacturing, Inc. And we're located right now in Egan, Minnesota. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. Good. The lovely Melanie is co-hosting with me again today. How you doing, Melanie? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Yes, yes, of course. Now, Ryan, you got a lot going on here, man. Uh, you're telling me about the corporate structure, how this thing is kind of laid out and where you're located and all the different things you're doing. Then we go on a tour and there's people everywhere, 120 employees just at this location. Then there's many other locations. I don't know how you keep it straight, man. Uh, what's, your, what's, what's your secret? Uh, you know, to me, right now, one word to describe me would be confused. <laughs> <laughs> we took in a lot of information. That's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I tell you, and I was telling you guys a little bit about my, my background in the military, and I really do, I, I, I credit the military with kind of, with kind of just teaching me, not just discipline, right? So it kind of becomes a bit of a cliche to say that. But it taught me, you know, right, like like courage, right? Personal courage to, mm -hmm. you know, really, you know, not be afraid to stretch myself, mm -hmm. right? To kind of feel like I have a, a higher a calling and a higher mission. Mm -hmm. So really what drives me uh, when times get tough is my sense of responsibility. And, I, and I, I truly feel that way. Coming from a military family, it was kind of, kind of ingrained in, in me and yeah. us. Yeah. So it's just, just, I feel like I'm responsible for the folks out here, right, on the shop floor and in the offices to do the best job mm -hmm. that I can possibly do. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for Love sure. That. You know, speaking from experience, I didn't go through OCS, Officer Canada School, like you did. I just, you know, basic training and AIT and that type of thing. But the military does a great job of making you uncomfortable, which... <laughs> You know, once you get through that uncomfortable situation, once you get through basic or OCS or something, you're like, holy shit, man, that that, that wasn't easy. And I made it. You know, I, I don't know. Are you familiar with David Goggins? I am. Right. He's got that book, You Can't Hurt Me. And uh, he refers to these difficult experiences in life, uh, which can be, you know, difficult in a sense, physically or emotionally or Whatever, whatever you go through in life, you get through the other side, and he says those are cookies in your cookie jar. Now, when, when you when you come across difficult things in life again, think about those cookies in your cookie jar, and and the stuff you have already accomplished. And you know, I did that through my life, going through chiropractic college, and man, it was one exam after another, and half my class failed out the first year. And I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, I'm not that smart, right? <laughs> These people that are dropping out and failing out, they're, they're smarter than I am. Mm -hmm. But I just wouldn't mm -hmm. quit. And I would think back to those military days and be like, man, if I can get up at two in the morning and to do fire watch until four and immediately get into formation and start PT and with like two or three hours of sleep and mm. do this repeatedly and, and, and get through all that. I can do this. Man. That's right. I can do this. That's exactly, yeah. that's did, exactly right. Did you have that same mindset going through life yeah. after the military? Absolutely. hundred percent. So what it taught me is that you don't even know what your limits are, right? Ooh, you don't yeah. know what you're capable of until you right. have to do something. 
And the military just kind of trains you that way, right? That stuff you just got to do. You had to do Firewatch, right? Yeah. You couldn't get out of it. It wasn't right? a choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it just, it, for me, it really just gave me a sense of confidence. Like, man, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could do something as simple as go like five months without taking a shower, um, right? The first time we, you know, deployed to Iraq. Yeah. It, I, I didn't know I could do that. And I'm kind of a pretty boy, right? So it was, <laughs> that was a little tough for me. Got that right. And yeah. it, it just gave me confidence <laughs> that uh, that you you can do, right, like whatever you put your mind to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, David Goggins, knows he's part of this podcast. What's up, David? Uh, <laughs> Plug it, for David. He, he has a little saying that most people quit when they're only 40% done. You've got like another 60% left in you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to keep pushing on. That's right. Uh, let's, let's talk about your history because I'm sure there's some people out there listening and be like, man, I want to be like Ryan. I want to be a president of a, a big manufacturing company and uh, sit in the big comfy chair and not worry about anything and you know, go golfing every day and you know, the cushy life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being sarcastic right. there. But what, 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 did, what, was the, what was your history getting to sit in that president chair? And you mentioned the military briefly, but let's, let's back up. Let's back up to little Ryan. What was the childhood like? What was the, you know, getting through high school? And you talked about being an athlete a little bit. Well, let's, let's start back at the childhood, if that's yeah. all right with you. Yeah, so, right, so kind of, you know, from uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, right, born in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, Welcome to Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you very much. And, right, come from a um, a very spiritual family, uh, you know, mm. a, a huge family, as a matter of fact. So I have uh, 14 aunts and uncles. Oh, wow. Um, 92 first cousins, believe it or not. <laughs> oh, right, wow. and, you know, and, you know, church was a big part of our life. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, my my grandparents were the, the pastor and the, and like the first lady of the church and everybody at church was our family. So just re- like, it was a great, what I'd call an incubation kind of system, mm. right. To, uh, to grow up in, right. You know, just a lot of the right values were taught to us. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you know, just kind of what was kind of bred in me early was just a sense of responsibility, right. First to my family, right. And then mm. kind of later to my, my broader community. So that's really like, a, you know, just a huge foundation of me, it's just just growing up and see, seeing an example of what adulthood looked like, right? You know, just, just the, the right thing to do and how to carry yourself. And don't embarrass your family, right? Yeah. So when you go out into the world, right, you know, you, you do you not put, put shame <laughs> to your family. Yeah. So, right. you know, I, I played basketball, like you mentioned. I thought I was good, right? But I probably thought I was better than I was. But I was <laughs> I was good enough to get a, to get a scholarship at a school called Elon uh, College at the time. In North Carolina, and, you know, played ball there for years. Was probably a, a mediocre student, you know. Right, it changed my major a lot. Yeah, you know, just trying to settle <laughs> on something that that made sense. You so, know? how'd you settle on your major? Yeah, so I basically at, the, at four years, I said, "What do I have the most credits in?" <laughs> um, and chose that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so, seems I logical. Have, yeah, I have a feeling a lot of people probably it, it, do that. It, it, it was, yeah, I didn't have a lot of yeah. So, just college. So, getting going from a pretty structured life, right, uh-huh. and then getting all this freedom and then the parties and girls. I was in a fraternity, and oh, yeah, boy. just so I kind of you know kind of let loose a little bit. Yeah, but I made it. All right, you um, majored in, uh, in economics. Economics, yeah. okay. And after that, I, uh, you know, I thought I wanted to be a, a teacher. 
Right, you know, I, I'd always admired, right. you know, right, teachers and kind of value that profession. Okay. And Did you have some like great teachers growing up that you, yeah, I want to be like Mr. Jones, my science teacher. Or something. I did. He made I wanted an impact to be like Mr. Lassane. He was a yeah. PE teacher in our, our junior high school coach, right? So he's this mm. great guy, and yeah. he's probably really my model. I never thought about it, but yeah. that's what I wanted to be like. Cool. So I tried awesome. it and hated it, <laughs> like hated it. Um, I can't even tell you how much I hated it. How, so, much, how much did you hate it? Right? Oh my gosh! Right? It was it was awful. It was awful for me. Yeah, I was twenty two. I was immature. You know, right? Just yeah, that's young. Just for wasn't a ready for that experience. Yeah, and it was it was an, an, an at risk school. Um, mm-hmm. So and, the kids weren't paying attention. Oh my gosh, man. So yeah, yeah. So I did. I I, I called my my mom, and I didn't know what else to do. Right. So yeah. I called. Mom. I was like, "What what should I do?" She said, "Do what we did." Right. So I joined the military. Yeah, you're from a military family. That, that's right. Right. So, was it your your parents or grandparents or all of them? Or? So my mom was in the Air Force. My dad was in the the Army. Right. Okay. Like my stepdad, my my biological dad was in the Marines. Okay. My granddad was in the Navy. Wow. My sisters in the Air Force. You got them all covered. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we um. So the, which one you choose? I chose the Army. Why the Army? Uh, I have no idea, right? Like, I really have no idea. But, you know, I think the recruiter made the most compelling argument, and um, and all of which were lies. But, you know, <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. But the way he, he no, he, it was, it was a, he actually tried to get me to become a laundry and bath specialist. Ah. So, laundry and bath yeah, specialist? So I was like, dude, I, I don't know about yeah. that. But it is. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I get laundry, but what's the bath part of yeah, it? I think they set up the, the laundry systems in the field situations uh, and it's a it's a defunct mos it doesn't exist anymore uh, yeah, yeah so that that didn't work out you passed on that thank one? god okay <laughs> so yeah so i i enlisted in the army very shortly after went to ocs became an artillery officer and uh and uh it's it's really just i really credit the army with with giving me a lot of foundational tools reinforcing a lot of stuff that kind of i was raised with um, and, and right, and most importantly, I really think it just gave me just a sense of courage and confidence. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And uh, you traveled all over the world then in the army? Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, went to, you know, spent some time in Georgia, you know, it's a couple of duty stations in Georgia, in Germany, right? Had a great experience there. Okay. Traveled um, the world the hard way, right? So, went to a, a few deployments to, uh, to Kosovo and and Iraq uh, a couple of times, so some some pretty lengthy deployments. All right, so you know it's it was kind of just you know me fulfilling my my duty, and yeah. I'm definitely proud of a lot of the stuff we accomplished over there. And going through OCS right away like that, were you immediately placed into a, a leadership position of some sort, or or were you kind of just another you know guy shooting big guns? Yeah, so yeah, so as a as a junior officer, a second lieutenant, you become a platoon leader. Where you're all of a sudden in charge of like you know 25 people, you know all these, all these right out of the gate. Absolutely. So wow. it was uh, I was in the multiple launch rocket system um, uh, battery, right, which is another word for company. Yeah. And you know in charge of all this firepower, millions of dollars worth of equipment. It was it was pretty intimidating. Um, right. But you know again, like the military just kind of teaches you, like if there's something you have to do, you'd be just so surprised what you're capable of. And you can do it well, you know, right? If you know, yeah. if, if you kind of lean into it, yeah. right? Did they have a basketball team for you to play on? Not so. I I played some extracurricular, but you know, those <laughs> days were just behind me then. So yeah. And you did the airborne thing. I did. Yeah. I did. And um, 
I did it just just not to feel, you know, right, left out and, you know, kind of, you know, like a, what do they call it? Like a lazy leg, you know, right? Like if you don't, you know, so it's kind of a thing for combat arms officers to be at least airborne, if not air assault as well. Okay. So I did one, um, uh, you know, just, it wasn't nothing to, to talk at length about, right? So I did a, I did a few, uh, just a kind of a bare minimum of jumps. It yeah. hurt really bad. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I, I did it. Yeah. So... Did your six years? Is that how long you were in yeah, force? Yes, so I was six active years? duty for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you made a decision, this is enough. And you, I think you were married. I was, yeah, kids yeah. Kids at the I, time. I, I am. Had to be a, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and that was had to be stressful in itself. Huh? Absolutely, right? And so after after just spending so much time away from my family and, you know, my, my wife just made a really compelling argument that, hey, mm-hmm. this is this is super stressful on us. And uh, I didn't realize how taxing it was on the family because as a soldier, especially if you're deploying and moving, you get kind of absorbed in what you're doing and, Mm. you know, not really realizing how you're impacting others around you. Certainly, you know, right. So it just became really clear to me that I needed to to do something different with my life. Yeah. Single momming is not easy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I have no regrets. Um, Mm. All right. You know, I kind of thought I was going to make a niche. Mm-hmm. In the in the military, but um, you know, I, I have no regrets of, of moving on. Yeah, and um, it's a and, good experience. Absolutely, absolutely. So, army days are behind you. What was next? What's what's next on the docket? So next, I needed a job, yeah, right? right. Uh, so, <laughs> and um, so I found a company called Pratt and Whitney, which was it's based in East Hartford, Connecticut. So one of the innovators of the jet engine. And, and you know, really started as a, a shop floor supervisor, right? So kind of le- leaving the Army as a captain and, you know, right, you know, having a, a battery command where you're in charge of 125 people yeah. to a little bit smaller responsibility, having to start from, you know, the ground up as a, a shop floor supervisor in the in the civilian world. So, so you know, I did that. Did the military help you find that position? Yeah. So yeah. I actually um, so I went through a military headhunter group and um, it did a really good job of kind of placing right, junior officers into yeah. these leadership roles in manufacturing and all sorts of different types of industries. So, yeah. So really, really grateful for them. They did a really good job of yeah. helping me there. Were you living in uh, Connecticut at the time? Yeah, so I was living in Georgia, in, in uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, okay. and I got out of the Army there and, and relocated to Connecticut um, in, in an operations environment. Realized I, I, I realized I loved uh, manufacturing, right? Like, um, uh-huh. yeah, I just it was just something that I was so lucky because I could have went into a, like a number of different industries, right. probably wouldn't have liked it as much. But I really just, it's just something about, it's like kind of a competitive sport in manufacturing because every month you get a scorecard if you won or you lost, right? You rally these troops together, right? You know, and, and you like to win, don't you? And I, and I like <laughs> to win. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm just, just, I found the right industry, the right niche for me and right in operations because, you know, to make, you know, aviation and aerospace parts, it takes all kinds of skill sets, oh, engineering, yeah. Some quality folks, some sales folks, yeah. right? Operations is really what I what I just enjoy doing, right? Kind good, of, yeah. mm-hmm. good. So you're out in Connecticut now. The history? Did you say the history of that company had something to do with George Bush? Yeah. So George Bush's grandfather, right, the, or the first George Bush's father, yeah. Prescott Bush, helped start it. Helped to start United Technologies, which was a, a right kind of the the parent company. To, among other companies like Hamilton, Sunstrand, Otis Elevator, they started 
helped start Pratt and Whitney in Connecticut. Wow. And um, and it's you know a hundred year old company, right? Started yeah. in the in the early nineteen twenties, I believe, and uh, they're going strong today. Okay. How long did you work there for? So so I was with Pratt for uh, for ten or so years. Okay. Um, and you had a friend leave. Yeah, and then, so uh, come over to AWI. Is <laughs> that, that right? That's that's exactly right. So one of my old bosses, right? So um, a, a guy named Keith, he he left Pratt as well, and uh, and came come to this company, right? So he works for for Hard Soul, which is a, you know, among the Tailwind Technologies, um, you know, right family yeah. of companies. And he 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 you know kind of talked to me a couple of times and and said hey you really need to check it out there's a great company culture here and so I did and I, I just couldn't be happier that I I landed in a company like this where you know where you know honor integrity treating people right they're all about family I mean they just they they, they walk the walk and you know talk the talk um, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't be happier with this with this situation. So what role were you in when you left the previous company before yeah, you came so, over here? Yep. Yeah, so so I was a general manager general. for for a, you know a large aerospace company called uh, Howmet Aerospace. Okay. It's one of the larger companies people haven't heard of um, unless you're in the industry um, based in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, was was uh, was you know doing my thing. Uh, pretty you know yeah. you know pretty happy uh, doing it. But it's a large publicly traded company, so there's right there, you know, different focus. It's, it's, good, right? it's mm-hmm. good and bad, as you know, you know, had had a good time. But just being able to come to a smaller organization where you, your imprint, right, is just much more direct. It's much more palpable, um, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, you really can can influence an organization directly, very quickly, and kind of you know, and and move the culture in a good way. Right. So that that's mm. that's really it was so compelling to me to be able to be a part of that. The job set of skills going from um I think you said general manager mm-hmm. over here to president yep. here. Similar or have you had to learn something new along the way to uh make the president seat work in your favor? Like a, a new set of skills of any sort, or is it relatively the same? Yeah, so that, that that's a good question. You know, I'm um I'm probably naive. Right. Enough to think I can do anything and I can learn right? if there's something I don't know. You know, I, I guess, you know, I, I do. I love to read and, and you know as much as possible yeah. and just kind of learn my, my trade and my craft. I like to read, you know, biographies. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, don't read any fiction. Just right. I want to know right. how, how good people, how great people did things. You know, sure. Right. Yeah. And that kind of gives me just a lot of right, confidence and ideas and, and tools in my toolkit. So I felt, you know, that I that I've been ready for this role. It's, you know, I I almost feel like I was kind of just just fulfilling a script, right? That this mm. is just an inevitable part of my journey. Yeah. Because it's you know it's it's just what I love to do. I I tell people like so aviation and aerospace is is the industry I'm in, and I and I love it. But even if I was kind of making you know right shoestrings in a shoestring factory, right? Mm. I think what the the value that I add most is just influencing people having a positive impact on people to corral these mm. troops, right? And, and and bring them from point A to point B and have them almost, right, happy to be there, right? So, right, where we have a, have a sense of responsibility. We don't want to let the team down, right? Mm. The guy, you know, gal to our left and our right. So that's, right, like, it's, it's what I think I, I bring to the table. Yeah. A good leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they came from sports or Army or, yeah, all of it, what do you All think they, the above, yeah. right? So, so... I, I omitted a, an 
an early part of the story. So my my biological grandfather, right? So he died about um, six months before I was born. And my grandmother would tell me a story, right? You know, often throughout my childhood, how he prayed every night for me, right? And 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 his family, right? Um, mm. Even the kids that weren't born yet. And huh. and he would he would pay special attention to mention that in his prayers. Yeah. So I think of that, right, throughout, throughout my adult life, especially when I got mature and, right, and kind of as I yeah. reflect back on it, that, that man, that, that's the other thing that just guides me in my life is, is I cannot let him down, right? I mean, he, you know, wow, in, that's his, a in lot his, of pressure. his dying days, he, he, he thought of little old me and my mother was pregnant, um, right, wow. to, to make sure that I was protected. So, you know, I'll, I'll live the rest of my life trying to make him, make him happy. Wow, that's a pretty mm-hmm. cool story, man. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how these moments in life that may, in the moment, seem relatively insignificant. You know, I can I can think of a few situations in my life where, you know, whether it's a conversation or uh, uh, exciting or stressful situation, you know, in the, in the time it's like, oh yeah, whatever, that's just another thing done. But some things that stick with you. You know, they just, I don't know. They have stickiness to them. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you, you think back on those moments like you do with your grandfather and saying those things and how that's impacted your life up to present day. That's 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 pretty, pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you're talking to, I don't know, little John Jr., he's a freshman in high school, yep. you know, and he says, Ryan. I'd love to be president of some company someday. What, what, do you, what do you suggest I do, Ryan? Should I join the army? Should I play basketball? What do you think? Should I just do what you did? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> a, that's a good question, I guess. Right, and I and I'd say, and I and I, I love to talk to young people a lot to kind of right help them avoid some of the pitfalls I've made in judgment or decision making, partying too hard or whatever. Mm. You know, whatever. Yeah. Right. So, and I'd say, so everybody's path is different. Um, and I'd say, right, the first thing I think you have to do especially if you aspire to leadership or if you want to do something uncommon, is your first rule is you have to know who you are. And that takes some time, right? You have to make an investment in yourself, take some time to yourself to become self-aware, right? And then then you you kind of realize what you gravitate to, but more importantly, what you don't, right? You know, and, and find what you love, what makes sense to you, what you do naturally and organically and pursue it with reckless abandon, right? And mm. if, if you're supported, if you're not supported, if people agree with it, if they don't, <laughs> right, you have to do what, what really makes sense to you and what's in alignment with, with your spirit, with your inner self. So that's what I would, that's what I tell people to this day is, is do what makes sense to you, right? So everybody's path is different. Probably the army and being a lousy teacher was probably in right for you, you know, right? But um, right. but but do what makes sense to you and do not apologize for it. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a company out there by the name of Strategic Coach, which helps op- entrepreneurs take things to the next level. And the the head guy over there is named Dan Sullivan, and he has a, in, in one of his books he talks about the necessity to figure out what your unique ability or abilities are. It's uh, what is it that you do throughout the day that as you're doing it, time flies by. You know, before you look up at the clock, it's two hours have gone by. And it doesn't drain you of energy. It actually gives you energy and you want to keep doing Mm -hmm. that. Also, another way to discover that unique ability that he suggests is talk to your friends and family. 
you know, what is it that you think I do that, I don't know, appears relatively easy to me, but you look at me doing that and you're like, man, there's no way I'd either want to do that or I can't do that that well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Like figuring out what it is that you're good at, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, do more of that. That's right. And do it's, it It's hard. really simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that simple. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 All right, let's talk about business a little bit here. So, AWI, Aerospace Welding. Do you have to, so, this is Minneapolis on the business card. Is that all part of the name? If that's part of the name, I would, I would change the initials to AWMI. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, yeah. So we're actually in, in talks of right, maybe okay. kind of doing some rebranding. So that's that's one of the suggestions. Okay. Yeah. So we got AWI, which is Aerospace Welding Inc., and then we got Aer- Aerospace Manufacturing Inc. That's right. What is it that you guys do here? Yeah. So we do a couple. We do a couple of things. So on the AWI side, we overhaul and repair exhaust systems and engine mounts for a number of customers, large and small, all the way from our, our you know, large commercial, right, uh, type customers down to, you know, Joe Pilot. We, we service flight schools and that kind of thing as well. And, and are we, the mounts just for jet engines or are they for like prop engines, all kinds of engines? Right. So so mostly prop engines. Prop um, engines. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So and, and a lot of those come from flight schools. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, so really proud of the work we do there. And, you know, our claim to fame on the AWI side is we are truly the world's largest uh, overhaul and repair center for, for, for engine mounts and exhaust systems. So the that's world's pretty lar- cool. largest. That's right. Uh, right here. Right here in Egan, Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then on the, on the, on the manufacturing side, right, where we're making um, right, mostly new products, right? So, we'll, you know, we do machining, um, fabricating, laser cutting. Um, that kind of thing um, for right, a lot of similar accessory type products that will house the engine um, and, and mount them to the uh, to the body of the plane. So you guys have been around for a while, huh? Yeah. So this business, right? So the the AWI side started first in 1993, um, right? By uh, the founder uh, Tom Hyde, who's still here, and and a couple other um, co-founders. Um, and then three years later, in 1996, the AM, the AMI business, the manufacturing arm of our business, was started right by that same group. So it's been around and had a footprint in this area for a good while. Um, were were they? Did they start off by themselves, or in later acquired by uh, was it Tailwind? Yeah. So it's been it's been privately held up until about two years ago when Tailwind Technologies acquired the company. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, well, you know, a, a year and some change later, right, hired a, a guy like me to help really kind of try to bring up our systems. Right. Mm. So coming from an owner operator who did a, a wonderful job of building this facility. Right. You see. Right. That you yeah. guys are in now yeah. um, and, to, and to really kind of building some unique um, uh, systems that we can right can, can use and kind of franchise this model to kind of okay. to kind of extrapolate out into other other entities. Yeah. Gotcha. So what's a, what's a typical customer look like for you? Is it, uh, you know, Delta Airlines or is it uh, John Doe who owns a little prop airplane? Yeah, so it's all of the above. And that's that, that's like kind of, I think it's a unique distinction, right, that we have is that, is that we can service the GEs of the world, right? Huge conglomerate type companies all the way to, to Joe Pilot and everybody in between. Um, so mm-hmm. we have, right, so it's a huge um, kind of gamut of, of product and customer base that we serve. 
And so like I was mentioning before that it really takes a lot of um, agility, right? Kind of nimbleness of, of our sales and marketing team and our managers to be able to kind of oscillate between, right? You know, mm-hmm. all of these different factions that we have to kind of grapple with. And yeah. the team does a phenomenal job. Super smart uh, group of folks here. And I suspect being in the aerospace industry, the uh, the tolerance for uh, manufacturing and quality control has to be super, super tight. Absolutely, right? So, yeah. so we do precision machining, and that's where the tolerances are super tight. You know, I've been in businesses where we where we had kind of like net near shape, and they, you know, you had a lot of play yeah. in the tolerances that you can machine to and stuff like that. But here. You definitely um, need to pay attention to detail. It is truly skilled work, right? That we, um, you know, that we hire. We, yeah. we put our employees through a rigorous kind of training regimen to make sure that we are meeting the demands of the FAA and our AS ninety one hundred certifications, our NADCAP certifications, all of the regulatory agencies that kind of govern the product that we make. Yeah. Sure. Now, one thing we talked about that I thought we should mention is. Um, for those people that are considering a more blue-collar type of career and working with their hands and they're considering welding, the potential to make really good money really quickly definitely exists. Yeah, it's insane. Absolutely. Welding is, is it's a, it's a dying art, apparently. I know. Um, you know, but it, it, is, it is part art, part science. And again, similar to what I was kind of talking about manufacturing, that is like not for everybody, right? Certainly welding is not... But it is a great career field for somebody that that wants to get into that, wants to learn, who's coachable, right? You know that you can you can you know have a high school diploma, and you can make upwards of you know in the thirties and even forty bucks an hour, right? Or, or or more in some cases, you could do you could do have a great life for you and your family. Being a welder, you're you're making things, you're contributing to the you know the American economy in a great industry, um, right? So it's 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 we need welders. Our yeah. industry needs welders. So, yes. yeah, so I can't I'll talk highly enough about that. Yeah. So anybody interested, right? So, you know, definitely yeah. look for, <laughs> for any postings and, and, and requisitions we have out there. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, I'm about to wrap things up. Is there anything that you wanted to mention that we haven't yet mentioned? Either about the company or yourself? Or- yeah. No, no. So I, I definitely uh, appreciate you guys reaching out to me, right? So yeah. it was a surprise. And I've been like, you know, kind of, curious and confused yeah. all this time how you found me but no I'm, I'm i'm really glad you did and i and i would just say you know like it's you know it's, it's a great thing you guys are doing um right for Thank minnesotans you. and yeah. if that's how you say it i'm not yeah. minnesotans yes. I think good right. job Whatever. good job but uh right so for for people that really want to aspire to positions of leadership it's something that i would just say you know like you should really take very seriously and soberly right like you know everybody wants to kind of to kind of be the boss and be mm. in charge, right? Mm-hmm. But you, there's this true sacrifice that's really synonymous with leadership, right? I, I before I hire managers, I tell them, listen, you know, it's great that you're that you're great at your job or at your competency, but to be a leader of people, you have to like people, right? You have mm. to you have to have a desire to help develop human beings, um, yes. and, that, and yes. that's something that I definitely don't relent on um, because that's we're in the people business. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to kind of a word to the wise. Yeah, yeah. I like that. that. Yeah, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, here you go. Aerospace Welding, Inc., AWI, and Aerospace Manufacturing, Inc., AMI, located in Egan, Minnesota. Their 800 number is 
597-4315. Their website is awi-ami.com. Ryan Latham, president. I appreciate your time, man. Yes, uh, it's very interesting. So I love your background story. I love the fact you're a military man like myself. And yes, that, thank you. Thank you that, for your service. Uh, like, yeah, how that contributed to your success and developing those leadership skills later in life. Uh, it's a great story. I really appreciate your time, Ryan. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.